On today's show, we'll be reviewing Harold and Kumar Go to White Castle in honor of the upcoming 420, and we'll be discussing consumption of marijuana in the Asian community. What up, what up, listeners? Welcome to Rice Asian Movies Podcast, where each week we review an Asian-led film and debate a cultural topic plucked from the movie's um, themes. I'm your host, Vong Show, official spokesperson for gay, super cute Asians. And on our show today, we've got Leonard Chan. Hello. And Veronica Antipolo. Howdy. Uh, okay, uh, before we jump into our movie review, we always spend a little bit of time uh, catching up because, uh, honestly, because of the pandemic, I'm lonely. So I, I, I'm using uh, I'm using our listeners' time to uh, to catch up with with our guests here. But uh, let's go first to Veronica. What was the most memorable part of your week? Everyone's week. So Toronto or Ontario is the new restrictions and basically instating a police state. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, there's not even anything to say except deep anger and sadness. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I'm frustrated. But if you if I start, I won't stop. And um, we'll be here all night. Uh, just like we'll be in lockdown. We'll be here for months. It's a and uh, and Leonard, how about you? Or what's the most memorable part of you? Or or you can uh, jump off on what uh, Veronica's saying because it is kind of the biggest thing in all our lives right now. I mean, I guess it hasn't changed my life at all. I don't leave the house. The next time I leave the house will be to get a vaccine. So I don't <laughs> care. Um, this has been fine. I don't need people. Is what I discovered this pandemic. Um, but, you know, what was cool this week is actually we did a table read for a TV show that I'm writing for. Um, and I wrote a couple episodes and then, like, the cast read the whole, like, all the episodes and it was awesome. So it's co-created by Simu Liu of Kim's Convenience uh, and Natalie Young-Lai, who's this amazing writer. And, um, yeah, we did the table read and it was... Uh, it was really cool to like hear my words like said aloud by really good actors, and we had like there was like a child in this uh, there was like a, a little girl actor who is like probably nine years old, and she's amazing. Mm. So I was very uh, impressed with uh, how that went because sometimes these don't go well. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, yeah, I was just here in the world. I was like, oh, yeah, these jokes actually worked as intended. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, you, you know, it's funny with um, with young actors, actually young people who are talented. I find when I go back and look at, like, very early videos of people who I really look up to in the industry, like, even though they're a bit rough around the edges, like, I've never seen one where they were terrible, like literally even if they're like seven years old when their first video is uploaded like they still got it there's just something yeah. i know you, you can refine it but yeah so that doesn't uh that doesn't surprise me at all that like a, a nine-year-old would be that talented she's killing it i was like my god if I, w I i wish i could act half as good as they could <laughs> i'm a terrible actor i don't know uh I've not studied it. I've never wanted to be one. Uh, I've had to do it on national TV. It wasn't embarrassing, which is about all I can ask for. Yeah. But this is not a thing I'm good at, nor is it a thing I'm trying to do. Um, 
However, if you're an agent and you're listening, please huh. feel free to hire me because I because actors make so much money. It's like four times as much as a writer. It's nuts. That was a good promo, yeah. though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I I just recently I got um I I finally got an agent last year. Uh, shout out to my agent uh, Kanita, she is amazing. Um, but nice. for me, I basically said, you know, I'm a comedian, and I basically like play versions of myself. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know. I kind of work with her to be like, you know, find roles that kind of fit my thing because I'm not like a classically trained theater actor. It's basically, you know, I might be able to modulate the level of ghetto-ness that you need to put <laughs> on the role. And that's basically my, uh, my limited range. And that kind of comes from real life because when I'm in like a boardroom with like white people, I, I do um, speak more Canadian. And when I'm you... at home in Winnipeg, I let the folks. You should be in West Side Story. That's like the, the perfect like confluence yeah. of everything. It's like I'm in a gang, but I'm in a musical. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, it's a game. <laughs> well, uh, uh, th- thanks for uh, thanks for uh, sharing um, a little bit about your your week. Um, so, uh, for Rice, I want to make a special announcement to all of our listeners, and the special announcement is. As of this episode, Rice Asian Movies Podcast has officially joined the Sonar Network. Nice. So the um, the Sonar Network is a curated collection of um, of podcasts that's dedicated to providing the world with the funniest, most original, and entertaining podcasts. Um, our podcasts have been featured on uh, as top podcasts on Comedy Network, Blog TO, CBC Comedy, Globe and Mail, and uh, we proudly showcase performers who are Second City alumni, Canadian Comedy Award winners, Canadian Screen Award winners, and other notable and upcoming comedians and artists. And so we're very, very, very excited to be joining Sonar Network. Um, And uh, that's it for our announcements. And let's jump into our movie review of the week. And our movie review this week is Harold and Kumar Go to White Castle, which we are reviewing, of course, in honor of the upcoming 420, which is uh, the release date for this episode. <laughs> we kind of felt like we we could we couldn't resist. Um, <laughs> so Harold and Kumar Go to White Castle is about an, a Korean American office worker and his Indian American stoner friend who embark on a quest to satisfy their desire for white castle burgers uh it stars john cho as harold and cal pen as kumar it's directed by danny leaner uh written by john hervitz and hayden schlossberg and uh features a very memorable cameo from uh neil patrick harris and uh so now i'll i'll open up to to the panel first we'll go to leonard uh does harold and kumar go to white castle bring honor to us all or does this film bring shame upon our ancestors? <laughs> oh my god, honor, so much honor. It's I okay, first of all, I love this movie so much. Like way more than I should. Also, you know, like I I'm a big enthusiast of the marijuanas, so it kind of worked <laughs> out well for me. Um yeah, man, you know what's funny about this? So uh, Harold and Kumar came out like the summer that Harold and Kumar came out, three movies came out, three comedies. 
that I think uh, basically tell me everything I need to know about where your sense of humor is at. Like, which one is your favorite? So that summer, it was Harold and Kumar go to White Castle, uh, Team America, and Napoleon Dynamite. Those were the three big comedies that summer. And how you rank those three movies basically told me everything I need to know about where your humor is at. Mm. Um, So for me, Harold and Kumar was tops. And it was like... You know, Napoleon Dynamite I really liked, but, like, it was one of those things where I watched it the first time. I was like, what the hell did I just watch? And then I watched it again. I was like, oh, okay, this is funny. Okay, I get it. I get it. And Team America is just Team America. But, like, Harold and Kumar, it's, it's like, it's the it's a Stoner movie, obviously. But, like, it's different from Stoner movies in that, you know, A, you have, like, uh, a diverse... To Le- not that Cheech and Chong weren't diverse actually so they're like the new Cheech and Chong huh. basically yeah. right Harold Kumar the new Cheech and Chong because Cheech and Chong you had like Latina and Chinese yeah. right and by the way I just got to work with Tommy Chong oh. uh, for for the, the this hour's 22 minutes like because we were doing a celebration of Asian culture oh. did I tell you guys what oh. happened here because I wrote to Tommy Chong I was like because I know his, his daughter right. Precious and I was like, hey, Precious, I need to get in touch with Tommy. We want to do a celebration. And she was like, here's this number. Here's this email. So I wrote to Tommy. I was like, hey, Tommy, do you want to, like, I want to do this piece for, like, this hour's 22 minutes. It's a celebration of Asian culture. We want to, like, celebrate you. And he was like, yeah, man, anything for my homies. And I was like, yes, that's amazing. Here's the script. And he was like, all right, like, the best way to do it is just, like, order a Cameo off Cameo.com. I was like, what? What? <laughs> what? He wants I know. Yeah, anything for my homies and $150 USD. So, oh <laughs> that's why Tommy Chong is who yeah. he is, man. He, he, he knows he's good enough. He doesn't have to give anything that's away true. for free. Hey, you know what? I am all about people getting paid. I respect that. Getting paid. Uh, do, do I respect it. I respect it. <laughs> I totally respect it. Also, I think part of it is like, he's like... You know, eighty years old. So, <laughs> so it's just like God. he's old, man. So he's just like, I don't want to like use. I know how cameo works. Let's do that. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, man. But anyways, yeah, man. Uh, this movie, Harold and Kumar, I love it. It's it's simple, right? Like any good movie is basically you have your characters, and they're like unique. Mm. Especially in a comedy, it's important that you have like really unique specific characters where you're like oh I know exactly who these people are I know what they want and then what's important in a comedy is that you want something really stupid mm-hmm. <laughs> right and in this case they they just got high they got the munchies and they really want White Castle sliders <laughs> and then that's it that's it they go get these White Castle sliders and uh, that's the whole movie and it's like it's so simple Right? Because it's like you have a clear want, you have your clear obstacles, and they're going for it. But then you have like a CGI cheetah. <laughs> you have fucking Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Uh, you, know you know what's actually great about this movie is that it was shot in Toronto. So there's a lot of like Canadian talent in it. Like Boyd Banks, uh, who's this, you know, comedic, I'll say legend, although, you know, he's done some interesting things <laughs> with his time on this planet. He was the patient oh. in uh, Harold and Kumar that that Kumar oh, saved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was Boyd Banks, who was incredible. Like I was just like two weeks ago, I was actually out in a park, uh, just sitting, and then Boyd Banks walked by, and he was like, "Hey, man!" I was like, "Hey!" He was like, "You want a beer?" He just hands me a beer. I was like, "Amazing!" <laughs> cool, cool. 
So, good movie. You know, well-written, very funny. Uh, I was telling Veronica before the show, like, I love this movie so much that, like, I watched it instead of attending an orgy. Like, that's where I'm at. <laughs> oh, wow. There we go. There we go. Um, yeah, I, I can't say that I love this movie enough to not attend an orgy. Oh. But I did, I did think it was, uh, I thought it was a really good movie. Um, it, it was it was funny. I I feel like I didn't completely connect with it because I've never mm. tried pot, and so I was just what? like, Wait, "You've never yeah, tried pot? Yeah. No, well, you, no. Have you never? So you in your life you've never you tell smoke like, weed? You called it pot, like <laughs> like I, well, yeah, that. And, but you're from the ghetto. <laughs> But that's that's why I haven't tried pot. Is because that makes sense. Like, how- but you would have known like a lot of great like sources for getting it yeah so like i so like growing up where i grew up you know half my friends where was were drug that dealers in the winnipeg <laughs> ghetto um murder capital of canada uh violent crime capital and lots 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 of, of of drugs and so uh half my friends were drug dealers and it's like it's hard to even like try any type of drug or alcohol i've never had alcohol in my life either and what yeah, not 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 a single drop. And what? Yeah, <laughs> this is. I, I I will say the surprise comes more when I'm in Toronto, where I'm from. Like like drinking is not the default, or like having marijuana is not the default. It's probably about like maybe not fifty fifty, but at least maybe like a third of people don't. So it's not like huh. the the shock of it, like. Quite a few people in my life have never had either. Um, it's just I think in Toronto it's this, it's this really weird thing where I say I've, when I've never uh, had a had a had, like when I say that I don't drink or or do drugs, the first thing they ask is like, "Are you a recovering alcoholic?" <laughs> that's literally where Toronto's brain. Valid at. question. <laughs> Valid question. But where uh, but where I'm from, I would never get asked that because you know. But anyway, so back to the back to the ghetto. Um, so the reason why is because. It's like when you see where it can lead you and you see that like in front of you and you have to like walk by junkies every day mm-hmm. to like get to school. It's less like appealing to uh, go down that road. And plus, I'm pretty like um, immune to being asked if I, if I want some because, you know, nobody's going to ask harder than uh, than uh, than than a drug dealer because they, they want to get you hooked. True. So like. My whole life, they're like I've had access to like quote unquote free drugs because they want to get you hooked, and I'm very good with resisting. But in Toronto, whenever I tell people I don't do drugs or alcohol, they always try and like you know lure me in. But I'm like, listen, if like a whole community of drug dealers can't get me to like y'all aren't gonna really. Have <laughs> you know what's funny is I remember like in grade school they like kept you know we would get those uh, like talks about drugs like just say no blah 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 and they made it sound like drug dealers are just constantly being like hey man you yeah, want right. drugs hey man you want drugs first you know like, here's some drugs and they're just gonna give you drugs and try to give you drugs and i was like as an adult i've always had to pay for my drugs Aww. i was like where are these people just giving me drugs you know well, <laughs> it's so i maybe uh, clearly we grew up very differently but free drugs are we're not just not just in the ghetto, but I think for me to like being a part of the gay community, like 
if you're, you know, if you're even semi-cute, like if you're paying for drugs before you're 30, that means you're just fugly. Like, oh. Not, not, this, not to be And hard. this is what's upsetting about it. Is that like, th- no, you know what? I completely understand. And that's why I think I'm upset oh, about no. it. I was like, why is nobody giving that, me drugs? Yeah, Am I yeah. not hot enough for yeah. free drugs? No, no, no. This is upsetting. No, it's because you're going to like straight. You're going to straight orgies. If you go to gay orgies, you will get all the drugs that you want. I guarantee you. Okay. Does that does that um, validate okay. you, Leonard? Yeah, there you go. You've just been going to the. Just, it depends how you're going bad to the wrong you orgies. Want the I, I want the orgies where I get free drugs. <laughs> all right, like I don't. You know, I'm a comedian. I have a limited budget oh when God. it comes to drugs, and free really helps. Um, so okay, so so back to Harold and, and Kumar. So I didn't totally get the movie, but I kind of like I really, I did really get drawn in by Harold. Um, I thought he was sort of like the heart of the movie. Kumar was more like you know, like they were co leads, but his character arc kind of went nowhere. He was just sort of like the the, the sidekick, um, and I hmm. I thought he was just kind of there as like a way to to um you know like he's he's like the 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 reflection of Harold. So I, I kind of felt his character was there to to serve Harold's um uh arc more way which is mm-hmm. totally cool. Like you know if if you know no, but they the played off each say, other. I felt it was equal. Right? There was like the, it was like classic mm-hmm. odd couple, right? Cuz you have Harold who's like the straight conservative yeah. straight Asian accountant who's being, like, taken advantage of, who's not assertive enough. And then you have Kumar, who's, like, he's supposed to be a doctor, and he's supposed to live up with all his expectations, but he's a party animal. And so now he's the guy who's, like, pulling Harold off track, but then it's, like, the result of their yin and yang that they get where they're supposed to be going. It's great. It's perfect. I I definitely get that they're, like, officially co-leads. At least for me, and probably because I'm I'm, I'm more biased and, you know... You know, listen, they're both Asian, but, you know, like, let's be perfectly honest, I'm, I have a little bit more connection to East and Southeast Asians than I do sure. um, South Asians. Hmm. And, you know, some people might get mad at me saying that, but I do think if you ask people who are South Asian, they would have a little bit more of resonance with a South Asian character than a Southeastern or East Asian character. So maybe that's why I gravitated more to to Harold. Um but, uh, uh, you know, I would say, too, on the, you know, does this movie represent um, thing, I think, like, the lead characters were great. And um, I, I did like how the uh, how the white characters were, um, you know, were kind of shown as uh, pretty dumb and racist yeah. sometimes. Um, kind of like <laughs> the, the bumbling fools, which, you know, a lot of times, like, visible minorities sort of like get those weird cameo things and all like the awful cameo people who are just like horrible human beings were like white, which was kind of great. Um, (laughs) You know, uh, definitely more realistic to my life. Um, But um, the, uh, but where I do give it a failing grade for representation is off screen. So the director both writers and both producers are incredibly white men. Mm. <laughs> so, like, there's not there's not even a woman. There's definitely no Asians. I don't know. I'm going to guess and say they all look pretty straight to me. But, mm-hmm. you know, maybe that's not super fair. But um, I don't know. It does. I wish there was more off-screen representation. But I do think on-screen, you know, considering that both writers were super white, they did... <laughs> 
at least flesh out and give real arcs to the Asian characters and they kind of, uh, you know, just made caricatures of the white people. So I'm like, you know what? If you're going to do that, then uh, that's that's okay with me. You're, you can be an honorary Asian. An honorary <laughs> Asian. That <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's, that, that's, my, that's my rating for this. This is like, this movie is honorary Asian. Oh. Um, and let's uh, let's head on over to uh, to Veronica. What what were your overall thoughts? Did this bring honor or shame? For, first of all, we that's what we call um, all my white uncles in my family, honorary Asians. Uh, and I also <laughs> like the way you refer to super white, like it's some hero that went down the wrong path. Um, <laughs> I know super white. We're like, no, not that way, buddy. Come back. But it, it, but unlike Superman, who gets power from the sun, Super White dies in the sun. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 yeah. Um, I I like Harold and Kumar, and for oh, I'm gonna say for 2004, if we're talking about off camera representation, mm-hmm. that's not gonna happen. So I mean, I'm gonna <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna take that true. into account for 2004. If it happened now, I I bet you we could get off-camera representation for this. And considering it was done by Super Whitey, like we've called him, um, I like I liked it. Like, I remember watching it then with Napoleon Dynamite. I don't like Team America because it reminds me of Thunderbirds, and I have a severe fear of Thunderbirds. Thunderbirds. Oh, I can't. I, I can't even. Yeah. And I just, it was just like, funny and it wasn't like it didn't have to be intellectual it's just like i can just laugh there's not that many women in it again i you know what i really want to see um i want to see a stone a female stoner movie but like bring in that intersectionality i want to see like women of color stoners just pure (laughs) stupidness because you know what just follow me around actually just there there's my self promo right there um, I I just let's write let's, let's write one. Hey, I'll I'll you want to yeah. write? One? Let's write a can, female stoner movie. I think can, that's a great idea. I I think yeah. it's always a good idea to do like the whole. I want to do like a Charlie's Angels, but with like just three For, dudes <laughs> being completely objectified. Yes, just Channing Tatum yes. as Charlie's Angels. Just like why is he in a thong? He uh, just is. Yes, do it. I yes, and I will totally. I'll do method acting for that. But yeah, let's. You want to do like a stone? You want to yeah, write a, yeah. a stoner? Like a I said, movie? as let's long as I get to do method acting, then I'm all down for it. Uh, oh, I was just gonna put the put the mask in <laughs> method acting. Right. All right, let's do it. Um, I do like um, all the cameos by the random white people that. And this is the thing. I love how it's a stoner movie and it's like, who sees Asians that way? I remember 2004. What Asian movies were out back then, except unless they were martial arts. Um, So, yeah, I love it. I love that Asians were represented as stoners, basically, is what I'm saying. But I think what was so good is like the way they subverted... Because they had that scene where Harold is talking to, uh, I want to say Bobby Lee. Yes. <laughs> uh, you know, it's like, oh, 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 oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, puts his hand up. He's like, what's it like work for Brewster and Keegan as an yeah. analyst? And it's like, because then you have this, they set up the stereotype. They set up the expectation that these dudes are like, oh, they're nerdy Asians, right? Yeah. And then like, you know, five minutes later... He's like, who wants the Buddha? 
and he's got, like topless and he's got like this thing as all these girls are like ripping their shirts yeah. off and I was like amazing yeah. it's so good and also because Asians like to party alright we party right, right. yeah and then also um why do you think Veronica's all these children? I know. So many goddamn children. <laughs> those are just the ones that survived. Anyways. Um... <laughs> Marijuana and partying. Uh, there you go. Also, there's a part in the jail where they addressed um, uh, basically pol- policing. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, police brutality where that that black man was in jail and he's like, I came out of Barnes and Nobles and I had a book. (laughs) And I was just like, they did this like whole, like you said, with a subversion. I I was like, it was really like, it was nice and I don't know. They just did it really well. It wasn't like in your face, but it wasn't so subtle that you're like, you're trying to avoid the topic. I just liked the way it was. I felt like it was real life. I felt like, when we deal with racism, that's how it appears for us. Um, yeah, because I think I think I think in that scene specifically, like the black guy was just basically like, "Yeah, man," like he's so resigned. And I think that's kind of like where we're all at. We're like, "This is just yeah. how it is." So stop fighting it, man. Let's just you know, let's just put our backs, put our put our hands on the wall. Let this happen because you know what? Then I'll get back to my book. It's yeah. just like a part of life, which sucks. Mm. but you know and but then yeah like it's funny because it's yeah. true and it's like yeah <laughs> which is such a trite thing for me to get. it's funny because it's, tr- it's true yeah no and also too like like i said that's how we experience racism because i think sometimes when white people hear we experience racism they want these really extreme examples i'm like no just watch harold and Kumar. Oh, yeah. that's basically how we yeah. experience it that's the, the exactly. smart word for that is microaggressions just watch harold and kumar if you're not that smart <laughs> and that's so, that's so, that's such a good point, bro. Like, because like, I, I, it's difficult, I think, for people who are not minorities to understand like where we're coming from because we deal with this shit on a daily basis. So it just kind of permeates our yeah. existence. And so then, like, a white person just has no frame of reference for dealing with what we're dealing with. And then what also happens is they will assume that we're wrong. Because they have no frame exactly. of reference. So they're like, no, 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 it's got to be this other thing. I'm like, no, it's not this other thing. Look, like, for example, I had a friend, he just moved uh, in Ottawa from one neighborhood to another, right? So then he was like, hey, I'm just going to like, uh, he's going to join the Facebook groups of the neighborhood he's moving to because, you know, he wants to get to know neighbors and sh- stuff like that, right? And then, so he bought a house with his partner, who's a white woman, and then him, who's Asian. So he... he Asked uh, to permission to join the Facebook group. His partner asked for permission to join the Facebook group. She gets in. He gets blocked. No way. Blocked. And I was, and he was like, "What the fuck?" So then he was like, "All right, let's get my other white friend to jump in." So he jumps in, and then he gets like this whole welcome letter and shit like that. And it's like, "All right, that's fucked." And so then his partner was like, "Hey, uh, I joined this Facebook group." And you, you know, welcome me in. Thank you. And then, but my partner joined the Facebook group and he didn't get let in. What's going on? And then they blocked her. Because obviously it's like, he doesn't have a choice but to be Asian, but she chose to love an Asian? What the fuck? So that's insane, right? So I was like, okay, clearly that's fucked. That's that's like racism. And then I told somebody, I told a white person, a friend of mine, and I was like, hey man, this is, this is fucked up, right? And they were like, well, maybe they know your friend, they just don't like him. (laughs) Ha (laughs) ha. I was like, no, 
that's not what it is, man. Don't make yeah. excuses. Like we, oh this is God. very obvious what this mm-hmm. is. Yeah. But it's just like because you never experience exactly. anything yeah. like this. It's very difficult for you to understand what we deal with on a yeah, daily yeah. basis. Yeah. Even if even if you're like with us, like even if you're you're woke, whatever, it's just impossible to understand what we go through on a mm-hmm. daily basis that we just accept and put up with because it's just been something we've yeah, been living with exactly. for so goddamn long. And they have no frame of reference. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. And they have no frame of reference. Yeah, and absolutely. And for me, the whole thing with that is I really get annoyed when people say, you know, they don't see color or, yeah, like, <laughs> you know, I'm colorblind and treat everybody the same. Or, you know, or the one I hate is like when they're like, oh, you're playing the race card. And I'm just like, who doesn't? I was like, no, like, I can't, I don't have a, like, my race, like, my race card is my face. Yeah. Like, I can't, I can't <laughs> choose whether it becomes part of the conversation. And sometimes I get into trouble with, um, with uh, with the queer community because I've always said you know and this doesn't apply to everybody because there are people um, in the queer community who will say are visibly queer but you know most of it is you know there's a reason why you have to come out as gay and you don't have to come out as Asian <laughs> and so it's like I don't people don't apply the thing of like oh you're using the gay card because like actually that would make more sense because I actually can pull that in and out if I needed to depending on the situation I can't pull out no damn Asian card I can't put it away um, <laughs> so. So, you know, everybody who thinks they're being, like, woke or helpful, saying you don't see color and you treat everybody the same, all that says is you're going to to erase the experiences of visible minorities and kind of make yourself feel better being like, oh, everybody is the same, everybody is equal, but they're not treated equal. Mm-hmm. So you're actually yeah. not helping the situation saying that shit. And that applies to visible minorities who say they don't see color because... That also pisses me off. If anything, it pisses me off even more because, uh, get some therapy. Get some therapy. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, just uh, <laughs> uh, detouring back to <laughs> to Harold and Kumar. Um, uh, one of the questions we always have with movies, um, if it has a sequel, is does this movie do what it's supposed to do? Which is one of two things: either make you recommend it, and or make you want to see the sequel. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I would recommend it. And I saw the sequel. Uh, it wasn't as good. No. <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was okay. Like, I enjoyed it. It wasn't as good. It had moments. Mm. But it wasn't as good. But, man, no. Like, I mean, I think this is... Like, for stoner movies, like, I feel... A, it's just a good movie on its own. But just because you add in the representation mm-hmm. and, like, the whole, like, hashtag, why not John Cho? Just put him in everything. I actually, like, photoshopped John Cho into my wedding photos just because <laughs> I think that's hilarious. Uh, <laughs> why not John Cho? Why not? He's a good-looking dude. My wife is into it. Uh, <laughs> Looks exactly the same. I always say that about this. He does look the yeah, same. Yeah, those Asi- Asians do not raisin, let me tell you. they Don't they look the same? <laughs> They look the same. Well, I was like, people always say that. Who's that guy? Paul Rudd or something doesn't age. Yeah. I was like, I don't know, man. I feel like I feel like he's just basically the white version he of an Asian. He is the white like, version of an Asian. <laughs> like, you could literally, like, have, you know, thousands of examples of Asian actors who haven't aged. But, of course, they choose the one white guy who uh, who decided <laughs> that sunblock was important. Yeah. Because all my white friends... <laughs> Despite the fact that they age way more, um, is, uh, you know, and I'll be honest, I'll get in trouble for this, but I, I had to have a chat with my boyfriend. I was like, listen, 
we're the same age, but we already look different ages, and you don't wear sunblock. And <laughs> I do, and you're white, and I'm Asian, and I don't need this to look like, you know, that you've adopted me at some point in time. Like, I, let's, let's keep it real. Let's keep the age faces closer together. You know, I'm not all about looks, but I'm not not about looks either. So uh, <laughs> let's, just, let's just keep it real here. Um, and then uh, same question to Veronica. Would you recommend this? And would you um, would you see the sequel? Yeah, I would totally recommend it. As a matter of fact, let's put it in school so that they see what microaggressions are. Just watch this stoner movie, kids. Um, and uh, would I watch the sequel? I have watched the sequel. Like Leonard's, it wasn't as good, but I, I stayed faithful for it to it because of the representation and because the representation wasn't. T- it sounds weird to say, but it wasn't the typical representation. Like it was just mm. a stoner movie, which I like. Yeah, I know that. That definitely makes mm-hmm. sense. That definitely makes sense. Um, so that that wraps up our review of Harold and Kumar. But please stay tuned. We're going to take a very short break. But afterward, we are going to dive into a theme plucked straight out of the movie, which is uh, Asian, <laughs> Asian drug use and uh, what marijuana means to our lives. Oops, that was totally the wrong button. <laughs> Just applause. <laughs> applause for marijuana. I think that's great. I wasn't we got from the Joy Luck Club to the Potluck Club. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> okay, here is the actual break music. <laughs> Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. What up, what up, listeners? Welcome back from our uh, short, uh, our short-ish um, break. <laughs> now, uh, now we're going to dive into our main theme, which we pluck out of our weekly movie. And our weekly movie this week was Harold and Kumar. And the topic is marijuana consumption. Uh, we're doing this, of course, because this episode releases on 
April 20, which is known as the 420 holiday when, uh, when marijuana was made legal. And uh, so I'm just going to throw this out to our panel. Um, what role has marijuana played in your life and has your consumption changed since it became legal? Let's head over to Veronica. Oh, yeah. Start with me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> kids, go to bed first. Um, no, my, my son knows and my daughter knows too. Uh, you know what's so funny is that in high school, no one ever offered me marijuana because they already assumed I was a stoner and my one of my good friends was literally like no that's just her all the time and so I never <laughs> I never I never smoked until I was 21 and I remember I was like in some house party and the apartment was just you know there was no furniture and I was offered a joint and I remember classic I was just like when am I gonna feel it and then I I hit the floor <laughs> so um, I, I was with my son's dad <laughs> and um that's you and that's, that's how she got pregnant how you're made oh. no that's not how those were the days before consent apparently <laughs> <laughs> oh god i hope he never hears us anyways um and then and now that it's legal yes my consumption actually no my consumption has increased specifically due to the pandemic because <laughs> because hasn't everybody <laughs> it's there's like I, there's nothing to do i'm tired of the parks i'm i'm very good friends with the person who delivers to me now like i feel like we're closer than ever um yeah i i the 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 legalization of it i think is it makes sense because what happens when when you when you smoke you're you're sleepy you're perhaps more creative that's debatable i've heard some stuff come out of people i'm like i don't think it works for it you depends on the strain it depends yeah, on the strain yeah i know i mean that's what you say but mm. <laughs> no that's true it's 100% i don't true. know but maybe it's that like just a, let's just say if you're not creative at all and you're trying to be creative through the use of marijuana it's not going to pull it out of you it's just going to be some weird i don't know um but yeah, legalization. Yeah. We're not... People who are, are doing marijuana are not doing anything. Except the driving. The driving is irritating. I hate being in a car who, with someone who's just smoked. I'm like... Because they're so obedient to the law. Yeah, or... <laughs> they're yeah. like, oh my God, a yellow light. I must yeah, slow down. exactly. I'm like, can you just go like a little faster? My aunt drives faster than this. No, no, no. They're high. They, they're deliberate. I, I'm a much better driver when yeah. I'm high. <laughs> and uh, and Leonard, what what role has marijuana played in your life, and uh, has your consumption changed since it became legal? No, it's always felt legal to me. <laughs> um, no, it's it's been it's been pretty much the same. Like I've I've I have a I have a prescription, uh, so I can get like some good stuff. Uh, you know, but I also buy shit like this. Like, I don't know if you can see, but this is, uh, oh. a sour rope that is 600 milligrams of THC in this one thing. So that's insanity. Um, <laughs> you know what I use it for? Like, so basically, yeah, I, I will say this, like Veronica, like you're right. I will not, if I'm trying to be productive, I'm generally not going to get high. Uh, except maybe sour diesel. Like that's the only strain that actually works oh. for me in terms of like being creative. 
Uh, but every other strain fucks me up. Like, I'll do like, you know, but sometimes I just need to relax because I work so mm-hmm. much and I don't know how to yes. stop that mm. what's going to happen is like, so basically this pandemic, I was working like 16 to 18 hours a day. Mm-hmm. It was nuts. And I was like, I have to put a hard stop to my day. So it would be like, I'm eating a weed brownie mm-hmm. of Gorilla Glue. Of Gorilla Glue. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then I can't do yeah. shit. Like you take that Gorilla Glue, you're done. Like you're not doing it. You're going to, you're, you're couch locked. You're going to sit down. You're just going to watch something here in Kumar, yeah. you know, maybe. Uh, and that's, that's primarily what I use it for. I use it to like relax because like otherwise I can't. I'm so like must work on something. Must blah 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 mm-hmm. blah 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 blah. And then I recognize I was like I gotta mm. not, or I'll fucking burn out. So mm. yeah, I use it as like emergency breaks right, right. on my day. It's a cheap vacation. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Ah. Exactly. And then, like, yeah, do you do the edibles? Uh, I do, but I don't because I do when I want to sleep because I, they're just, I'm like, I just want to, they're going to knock me out. But if I'm just going to do it, I enjoy like the act of smoking and like, I just like that. Um, I have yeah. read mm. my stuff when, that I've written when I've done edibles or otherwise. And I'm just like, what the fuck am I saying? <laughs> it's just, there's so much, there's so much coming out of me. I'm like, I, Sybil is on paper here. Like, I don't know what's happening. Um, you know, what's a fun game. I don't know if you ever tried this, but like you, you eat like a weed gummy or brownie or cookie or whatever. And then you go on stage uh, and then you try to get through your set before oh, it hits you. Oh, hell no. I, that would make me so anxious. I... I only tried oh, edibles man. only, I think, four years ago. And I did the classic mistake where my friend said, just eat a quarter. And, of course, oh. it was like 30 minutes. I went by. I'm like, oh, no, no, no. And then yeah. so I ate the whole damn thing she gave me. Oh, never go okay. full cookie. Never go full cookie. I went cookie. full cookie. And so what happened is I knew something was up because I was standing in my kitchen and I was swaying back and forth over cold chicken. And going, I just love chicken. And I was like, I think it hit me. Man, that happened. We were, I was in Amsterdam uh, and I was smoking, I was smoking hash. And my wife, she doesn't smoke. So she was like, you know, she bought a space cookie. And then they're like, hey, you know, like, don't, you know, what, you know like we, we left the place with the cookie. And then, and then uh, I was like, hey, man, before you, you know, you shouldn't eat the whole cookie. And she looked at me. She was like, put the whole cookie in her mouth. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> this is going to be an interesting night. And so we were walking around. And then what happened? Uh, so we're, we, we happened by some coincidence. We like actually ran into another couple that we knew from Canada in Amsterdam. And they were with another friend. <clears throat> and so then we were like just the five of us were just walking around we're eating fries just chilling out in Amsterdam and then this girl this fifth girl was like hey man let's go to like one of those sex shows and I was like I don't I don't know man I don't really feel like doing that and then so we go investigate how much it is and they were like it's 50 euros I was like 50 <laughs> euros I was like and I said to this girl I was like listen give me 20 euros I'll fucking <laughs> alright like I, if that's what you want give me 20 and mm. we'll do this Wow. And then she was, and then and it was somehow like we got convinced. We went in, and so we're and it's standing room only. And I was so mad because we're like standing there. It's hot and whatever. And then I guess my wife is standing there, and then oh, the cookie like kicked shit. in, and she looks at me. She was like, "Oh no!" And then she just fucking goes down like Jenga. And I was like trying to catch her. She like, just like collapses, like, mm. whites out. And I was like, 
Oh no. So then we had to carry her out and then like the people were like, carry her out the back because apparently it's bad for business if you carry an unconscious oh, woman wow. at the front of a sex club. Oh. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we had to carry her to the back. And then of course, like the girl who was like, let's go to the sex show, she was all like, do we all have to leave? I was like, oh, you bitch. You bitch. <laughs> you bitch. Wow, that's cold. Yeah, that's so cold. cold. Anyways, uh, Apparently, so we left, but then they stayed, and then the sex show happened. Apparently, it was terrible. I think she got common her eye. She oh, got pink eye. Gross. It was great. I was like, that's what you get. Ew. That's what you get. Ah, yeah. Ow. Ew. Yeah. It's, it's karma. It's karma. <laughs> oh, Lord. Yeah, and it okay, stings. Off, off. Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> Feel free to edit that I'm... out. <laughs> I mean, it does smell like bleach. I guess that makes sense. <laughs> you know, I'm not sure how to follow up with that. So I think I'm just going gonna, gonna to jump into my, my experiences with marijuana. So um, I've, yeah, I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but I've never tried um, marijuana in any of its forms um, or THT or THC, whatever it is, um, in any of its forms. And, uh, you know, I it, it, part of it was that I I lived in in the ghetto where there was you know a lot of people who were like you know addicted to drugs and you know I, I don't think that marijuana is like at the same level but uh, for me my personality I'm also like very binary like I'm like an all or nothing kind of person mm. and I I'm sure I'm, I'd be what you'd call like an addictive personality because when I when I do things I just go over the top like my nickname in high school was death by McDonald's because <laughs> I'm in I'm an emotional eater so when I would get really upset I would order like you know three full McDonald's meals what? of like different burgers <laughs> like oh, this meal God. will make me happy it's what it's called happy meal That's- yeah and and people and I would just eat it until I passed out from like oh, the man. pain of life, and then people would find me like with McDonald's true to me, looking half dead. <laughs> so my, my nickname was Death by McDonald's because that was their prediction. They were like, "This dude is gonna get found, like dead by eating McDonald's." So you, you you take that personality, and if you put it to like drugs or alcohol, it is not. No, I just don't I know. Mean- like my my. I feel this ties in really well to the fact that we're talking... This all came off a movie where they got high and they went for burgers. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say, you might as well. (laughs) And nearly died trying to get them. (laughs) Yeah, no, definitely. Harold and Kumar. Harold and Kumar. Yeah, I I don't know. Um, Also, do like the other two addictions in my life are are sports. um, Where when I met my boyfriend, I was playing sports seven days a week, um, which was like about four hours each night. And literally after a year, he was like, can you like give me two days a week <laughs> so we can I can see you twice a week? Um, and so like that's how hardcore you get into things. And then also shopping. There's times I've gotten myself into a lot of trouble with shopping. Oh, really? um, when I was younger, I had a lot of financial difficulties in the um, coming out of college and transitioning to the work world. Obviously, student debt played a lot into that as well. But Let's be real. My spending did not help things. So I just, I'm not good with, um, what's it called? Like a self-regulation mm. or, <laughs> I don't know. There, there's a word with that. Like for me, it's like, I'm very impulse, impulse control. Yeah. 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 You would have, you would have eaten the whole cookie, Vong. You would have eaten the whole cookie. Whole cookie. 
I would and be then McDonald's. drunk. Yeah. I would be honestly, if I ever, you know, got hooked on anything, it'd be the end of me. Like even anything partially dangerous, you know, <coughs> more so than McDonald's because McDonald's already does its damage to my internals. Um, but anything beyond McDonald's that's even more dangerous for me, I it would be the end. It would be the end. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. No heroin no hair- for you. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> no heroin. Just, just McDonald's. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. When you get those yeah. coupons in the mail, do you get a little bit excited? <laughs> I do, actually. But now they're like, digital. oh, my God. Two can dine? Two can <laughs> dine? One can come. <laughs> <laughs> and, and actually, um, actually, what makes me really excited now, not when those coupons come, but when, like, when the Raptors, the fries. Um, oh the fries. yeah, yeah, the three-pointer the fries. Yeah. yeah, when they hit a certain number of three-pointers. So, do they do that they anymore? Do. I don't think they do that anymore. Do they do they that? Do. Oh, you it's know what it used McDonald's to be? App. It used to be if they score a hundred points. Oh. Mm. Yes, and just... then I remember like because I would go to games where they'd be at like ninety-nine points, and then the Raptors like took great pleasure in not making it to a hundred. <laughs> and I remember like uh, Calderon. This was back when he was like a rookie, and then like he got like the. It was at 99, and then he was a breakaway, like, with 15 seconds left in the game. We were up by a ton, and he went, and he just hit the layup. And I was like, oh, that motherfucker's going to be running laps for days. He wasn't supposed <laughs> to do that. He was, there was money he just cost his sponsors. <laughs> oh, Lord. Lordy. Um, so, with marijuana, I, I, I do want to ask if... Um, you know, it, it's hard to talk about the legalization of marijuana without talking about... You know the uh, the racial implications of it because obviously we we talk about race on this podcast, but you know the from from what I understand, and I probably should have done more research before coming on this episode, but from what I understand, learning through YouTube videos uh, many years ago, what I remember is that a lot of these laws were put into place because marijuana was considered a drug used by mm-hmm. black people, and so they were targeting uh, marijuana as a way to uh, to put black men in prison. And this, you know, I think it started pretty much after... Um, after uh, slavery was was abolished, so this was pretty much built into um, to American society, and was a big role of um, of, uh, of of cops in prisons. Was you know what we can't enslave you anymore, but we can uh, you know make laws that make illegal things that you like to do, then throw you in jail, and then make you work for mm-hmm. pennies. Which is basically slavery. Um, yeah, so... it's slavery, but with extra steps. <laughs> um, yeah, man. No, like of of like the eight or so million arrests for marijuana, like eighty eight percent of them are just simply for yep. possession. And also, so uh, black people are like, I think the numbers like close to four mm-hmm. times, like three point seven, three point eight times more likely than white people to be arrested for marijuana, despite equal mm-hmm. usage rates. That's so it's right. Like, it's up. equal usage. It's interesting yeah. But disproportionately yeah. high for the black community. Yeah. And yeah. like, there you go. So there's another lesson, children. Systematic racism. That's a <laughs> component of it. Um, yeah. I mean, even with the legalization of it, uh, there's still traffic stops and, you know, you can get stopped for. I have a friend, actually, a woman of color, and she got pulled over recently and they said your mm. your um ticket no not ticket your sticker is going to expire next month and she's like 
thanks. But I was like, it's on your birthday. How the hell would you ever forget that? Why would you need a reminder? So um, mm. I think with the legalization, there's still other stuff to... Yeah, there's so many systems yeah. that were put into place after the abolishment of, of slavery that are still in place and people don't understand that's where it came from. You know, like tipping, for instance. Um, that's why tipping is so prevalent in North America because it was a bit of a, a response to uh, to um, to not wanting to, to pay to pay black people, so they had to like work off of tips. Um, so there there are like a lot of systems in place um, from that era, and a lot of laws still in place from mm-hmm. that era, and. You know, you'd hope that the racial awakening from last year would have helped bring some change, but I don't know the um, the the trial for for uh, George Floyd's murders is about to wrap up, and I'm I don't know, y'all. I don't think video evidence is enough. I think this is going to be. I'm I'm just bracing myself. I am bracing myself. This shit's going to get crazy. Mm-hmm. I know right now they're giving like you know the stop Asian hate thing. Um, it's it's due, um, which which it deserves. But I feel like uh, the uh, the uh, attention is going to go right back, you know, and rightfully so to um, to what's happening with the black community because that trial mm-hmm. mm, that's going to be some explosive shit that's uh, going down. Uh, but you know what? I'm 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 a pessimist, so maybe I don't know if one of y'all are more optimistic than me. That justice I, will be. T- I can't even say it know, without laughing. I'm, I'm a yeah, realist, so say. that's not even pessimism. It's just it's just like just historically, what is there that's worked out? So it's not really like oh, I'm a pessimist. It's like no, I just know how mm-hmm. the world works, and I know how the law works mm-hmm. in a, to a certain extent, right? So it's, it's very difficult to prove certain things. It's not about and and as well it should be like because i mean you would obviously want you don't want people to be like unjustly incarcerated <laughs> so it should be very difficult to put somebody away but optically it's going to be rough uh if if Chauvet gets acquitted which he may uh- yeah no comment because like i said if i start i won't stop it's um yeah, it's, it's... Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, on that note, you know, everybody who does do marijuana, just let's... smoke if you got them. Smoke if you got them. Yeah. Smoke. <laughs> Hopefully it makes you feel better. Let's change perceptions on Asians. Let's, uh, you know, let's let's uh, make a new stereotype of uh, Asian stoners. Let's let's make it. Trend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That's like I have a joke like that where I talk about like I do I do edibles and I get so. Like, I, I had edibles one time, and I got the dosage wrong, and I had a bit of a cold, and I thought I was going to die, and I was so upset, because I was like, oh my god, if I die, I'm going to make new stereotypes for Asians. <laughs> oh, that's true. <laughs> Maybe, like, Asians can't drive, they're small dicks, and marijuana kills them. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, uh, that's, that's, a great, that's a great way to end, Leonard. Uh, thanks for sharing that story. Uh, thanks to Leonard and Veronica for uh, another amazing um, uh another amazing set of insights um, on today's show. Thank you to the listeners for 
uh, for supporting us. We are now made over a year, and due to your support, we're now part of the Sonar Network, which we're very proud of. And, uh, you know, I, I'm your host, Fong Show, official spokesperson for gay super cute Asians. Join us back next week for another movie review. And that's what's up. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. Sonar! With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.